0: Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Revelation 8, but before we get started, let's go ahead and open with prayer. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for being the creator of all and loving us enough that we can actually talk to you. That you stand outside of time. You know what has happened, what is happening, and what's going to happen. And it's all the same in terms of time to you. And I'm grateful that you love us. That you've known all the billions of people who have inhabited our earth. And that you love them all. That you provided a way for us to fellowship with you. For our spirits to be joined with you. And I just pray that today as we read and as we go about our days that you would be honored and glorified, that we would worship you for who you are and because of who you are and not because of what you can do for us, but that our true joy would be in you, the creator of all. I thank you for this time. I pray you would help us to understand more so that we can grow closer to you and praise you more effectively. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we're in chapter 8. It's the continuation of John's vision of the tribulation, and we're going to be reading about the seventh seal, and this is when it gets really tough on earth for those who are still there. So with that, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, start with verse one. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw these seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets who were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of of all god's people on the golden al- altar in front of the throne <clears throat> the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of god's people went up before god from the angel's hand then the angel took the censer filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth and there came peals of thunder rumblings flashes of lightning and an earthquake then the seven angels who had with, who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet and there came hail and fire mixed with blood and it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up and all the grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his trumpet in something like a huge mountain. All ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea was turned into blood, a third of the living creatures of the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was Wormwood. A third of the waters turned to bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet. And a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. As I watched, I heard an an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. So this is God's wrath coming down. And this is really going to be a bad time visited upon the earth. So it's, I just really, I've, I've read a lot. And again, there's various opinions. And so I I would encourage you to read as much as you can to try to figure out what's important to you and how you interpret these, these verses. What I do understand is that God's wrath is mighty. It's deserved by the remaining population, and I'm just grateful that I won't be there, <laughs> because it's not going to be good. So I have been reading also, besides we're going through commentaries and whatnot. I have been reading what it means to have Christ living in in me, and um, one of the one of the chapters I'm reading right now, its its a uh, heading is Fa- true faith is active not passive. And it talks about when you receive the Lord and you accept Jesus into your life and you have faith that your faith shouldn't be something that is hidden. And it's not something that should be passive. But unfortunately, in America, a lot of it is. But your faith should be seen, be able to be seen, not because you're throwing it in other people's face, but just because you change. And that change, though, at times can really be difficult for those around you. In fact, you're You should be so changed that, you know, some people don't even like you anymore. They don't want to hang out with you because you may not preach to them, preach to them. You may not be telling them that they need to change their ways or anything like that. But your simple actions will indicate to them, it will convict them. You know, it's like darkness likes darkness. It doesn't like light. And when light is shined in darkness, the darkness... Can rebel, and that's historical. You saw that with, um, you saw that in the Old Testament with the various brothers, with Cain hating e, uh, Abel, Esau threatening Jacob. You know, it's just those types of things. And <clears throat> it's the, there's a there's a, a passage here in the in the the book. It reads, "It is as true today as it was in Bible times that the man who hates his sins too much." Will, be, will get into trouble with those who do not hate sin enough. So those who accept their sin and don't really hate it and just kind of live with it will despise or dislike those who hate their sin and try to change it. And so it's really one of those elements. And I've never really understood that because for myself, I've never understood why anyone cares if I think something is a sin. Why do you care? Why do you care what I think, Uh, especially if you think I'm wrong? If I'm doing it out of biblical reasons, and the reality is you don't believe in the Bible, then why do you care what I think? I've just I've never understood that. But then the, the passage continues: people resent having their friends turn away from them, and by implication, condemn their way of life. And it's true; it's the way it is with folks, with people. I've seen it in my own life, and. It's just one of those things I just you know it's sad because I don't preach to people I don't tell them they're right or wrong I just don't do certain things and sometimes I do I mean it's not like I'm perfect it's not like I'm this godly example so but yeah people they hate it when we when we sit there and we don't participate in the party anymore or at go to we go to the party but we don't do the same things we used to whatever it might be but anyway so with that I'm just going to close up and end in a quick word of prayer, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the the chance and the way you change our lives. I thank you that you've, that you have given us the opportunity to know you better. And I just pray that we would, we would take these readings from Revelation, that we would try to understand them more effectively, that we would do our own research and try to understand, but most importantly, that we would be open to you, to your understanding, to your voice so you can tell us what it means. What it means to us and how it should impact us. Should we, you know, be going out and and telling people about the end is end is near, or should we just be that living example? So, Father, I lift up this time. I lift up this day. And I pray you be honored and glorified by all that we do. I thank you. I praise you. And I love you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a fabulous day.